Keely wants to be the fairy godmother of the Wadis, yeah. being like, I... I love you all equally, all of my children. That's probably a fairly accurate description of who Keely is. <laughs> Welcome to yet another episode of the Road to Wadis podcast. Of course, I'm Nick. I'm Nick every time we do this. And I'm still joined by the magic of Keely, my partner here. Hello, everybody. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, we are back as we do every two weeks to talk Wadis judges now. We've moved into the judges introductions portion of the show. Got a response from fans on the timing of this that they really wanted to hear from the judges before they submitted their content so that they could try and appeal to them. But I didn't want that to be the reason why people were writing their stories. I thought people should write their story for themselves and then find out that they did the wrong thing when a judge comes on and says they hate those kind of stories. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a cruel person that way. I, I set it up. But that might be something that we can discuss for for next year. For this year, of course, we are locked in. This week, we are joined by the fabulous judge Patrice. Hello, hello. Yes, welcome, Patrice. First time guest to the show. All of our prior judges had been uh, prior guests on the show, so we considered them friends of the show. So you'll have to come back again a second time, Patrice, if you want friend of the show status. Okay. So, when I come so. back, can I say long time listener? Yes. Multiple time appearance? Yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> I, I accept that totally. Um, so yes, Patrice is one of our judges. You are also one of our guests who is not directly on... Uh, a content team specifically you work more in the field of trust and safety uh do you want to speak uh, like really quickly a little bit just to like what you do generally at WAPED? sure i always like to describe my role as like this weird hybrid as if i'm in an island that touches all of these different areas of WAPED. so i do work very closely with the trust and safety team um, but I also work closely with marketing and especially marketing that focuses on paid stories as well as content. So I'm there um, running the paid stories profile, alerting our community about new releases that we have going on, and really just being a point person in contact for both the paid stories writers and community members who have questions. We're just here to promote stories and encourage people to see how great our writers are and all of the great stories that are available on Wattpad. Hey. That's awesome, which yeah. makes you uh, uniquely posed to be a great judge for for the Wadis. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you have a Bookstagram like account too? I do not have an official Bookstagram account. Um, do I continuously think that maybe I should start one? Yes, but mostly it's just been my personal account occasionally tormenting people who follow me with my random thoughts on whatever I'm reading these days. Yeah, okay. let it be known. I really trust uh, Patrice's taste, mostly because like when we were still in the <laughs> office, at least we sat very close to each other. So I was kind of always just like, "What are you reading?" Because I'm probably gonna like it. Um, so yeah. she's an excellent judge because I trust her taste uh, completely. Oh, that's um, great. <laughs> which brings us into our first round of questions. So speaking of great content, what kind of content uh, do you like in general? In general, I tend to go for fiction, and I know that that is a super broad term in terms of what I like, um, but I usually go for that because I feel like generally there's always that battle of, are you a fiction reader? Or are you a nonfiction reader? 
So I'm predominantly a fiction reader who often has dreams of one day being the type of person who reads nonfiction on the regular. And I have not yet reached that status because I always find nonfiction as interesting as it is. There's often a much harder hurdle in my mind to really get into it. And I always feel bad, and I know this is silly, but I always feel bad when I've committed like time to reading an 800-page nonfiction book. And by the time I'm done, I remember like one date and one vague thing that's happened. But for fiction, I feel like it's a lot easier to one, get into a story and then recall a lot more of the plot and have a lot more of that connection with the characters and what happened and actually recall and retain it. So I definitely tend to gravitate towards fiction and more just like general fiction. So my strategy for reading in the before times, as I like to call it, is I would just go into a bookstore and literally just walk up and down the aisles looking at every single shelf and kind of just seeing what leapt out at me. And that's usually how it would just gather stories. And I mean, nowadays with Goodreads and Friends and Instagram, um, I'm just getting a lot of content that way. And that's usually how I pick stories. Just like, what are friends reading? What's interesting these days? And then going about it that way. So you don't exclusively pick a book by its cover? I do not exclusively pick a book by its cover. Like, does that draw me in? Sometimes. But it can also just be like the title, vague recollections of a friend telling me something, seeing a random story on like the internet somewhere never remembering why I know this story, but figuring like, Hey, why not get into that now? Right. That's, that's fair. I mean, almost every user I've ever interviewed has talked about like what attracts them to a story and they'll mention the cover. They're like, Oh, the cover, I'll always look for like what cover stand out. And then they'll kind of have this moment where they realize what they've said. And we kind of like in society look down on this for some reason, even though it's true for everyone. And they're like, um, not that covers like matter. No, 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 they don't matter. I, I, I would never, but like the real book is what matters. I do have a couple of interviews though, where people have just like straight up owned it and been like the cover. Cause that shows that you like care about your book or it just is what it is. We're all attracted to covers. I'm not going to pretend like that's not true. Um, so that's fair. So you, you have a lot of support on that team. Uh, but other than the cover, what kind of things are you, are you looking for in a story that, uh, help draw you in? Hmm. I think generally what I look for in stories that I like, it's usually well-developed characters. And I feel like that's kind of stating the obvious, but I definitely enjoy characters that I feel like I can either connect with on some level or the story is somehow taking me into a different world or experience that I'm either not fully knowledgeable about or that's a different take on something I might already be aware of um, and that's usually what brings me in and if it's just told in this really well-written and engaging way I think that's definitely something that draws me in um, I really also like mystery narratives so something that's kind of like you know interesting or different or things that your brain almost kind of has to puzzle together as you're reading or getting through the story that's actually, it's interesting you mentioned like the characters, especially because we were actually touching upon that a bit uh, in our last podcast. And we had a, a user actually ask, because as we mentioned it, you know, when we're first getting into these stories, we're just starting off by assessing the first few chapters. And like, is there enough character development or intrigue to kind of get you interested in those characters that early on? And like, how does that judging process work when we're just starting off with a skim read? Like, obviously now we're doing full reads of the books, but... Like, how was that for you in terms of, like, the Wadi's books? Mm. 
it's definitely hard uh, because I think there's always that tendency to mentally compare when judging with what are other stories that I've liked generally when I'm reading for fun and like what do they make me feel and am I feeling that as I'm reading through this current story. So there's always that sense of, okay, is this character portrayal or is this story going to go somewhere? Is it going to build from here? And do I feel like I'm curious about where that building is going to go? Because there are so many stories that you may read that are kind of like slow burns almost, where you're not getting that impact right off of the jump. But there's something about the way the characters are layered or discussed that at least make you kind of curious about, okay, wait, there's obviously more to this character that I'm not seeing right away. Or there's more to this story that's kind of a bit hidden. And I'm curious about where that's going to go. Like, for example, I mean, some of the listeners may know this because Rebecca is now a popular show on Netflix. Um, But originally, it's a story by Daphne du Maurier, I believe. And it's definitely kind of a slower gothic story, at least from the beginning. But there's something in the way the characters are woven and the layering of their backstories and how they meet. Where right from the beginning, you get this sense that something's not quite right. And that type of intrigue that's kind of built in from the beginning at least makes the reader curious about where the story is going to be progressing to. And I think that's definitely what I look for when I'm reading as well. Like there are times where right from the beginning you can see like, oh, I don't really know how these characters are fitting together or I'm not really seeing growth happening right away or even the hinting of growth. And that's usually when I find myself disengaging a bit. Um, But when you definitely see from the beginning like, okay, what, what's going on here? Where, where are we going with this story? And what's happening with them? And if I have those questions after first few chapters, that's definitely an indication for me that I want to keep digging in. So your interest is piqued. Exactly. <laughs> right. That totally makes sense. So as, as you've been reading the Wadis so far and all the books that you've been assigned, what, what have you been really enjoying about the stories you have been reading? Ooh, good question. I think first and foremost, the thing that I've been enjoying is just how much effort and work the writers have been putting into their stories. Because even if it's a story where at first I'm like, I'm not really sure that this is my cup of tea or if I'm particularly engaged with it, there's still a level of, I don't know, awe for me, I guess I would say, about the dedication that's required to sit there and commit to writing 30 chapters of a story and putting together this world and this narrative and seeing it through. And I think that that's just really amazing regardless of whether the story moves forward or not. I think that's something to be applauded for. And that's always kind of what I keep in mind as I'm reading them. And that's kind of been one of my favorite parts of just seeing how dedicated the writers are out there and the readers who have been supporting them so far. That's probably what my biggest takeaway would be. And also just discovering stories that I might not have otherwise come across on Wattpad. For sure. The Wadis is really a community in that, in that respect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and broadly speaking, beyond just these stories, like what, do you, what have you been enjoying about the Wadis as a whole? Ooh. I mean, this isn't necessarily the stories themselves, but one fun thing about the Wadis is knowing that there are also other judges trying to just also get through reading all of these great stories and figuring out where we're going with this. I liken it to, you know, when you're in school and, you know, exam time and midterms are coming up 
and it's like I'm struggling sometimes, but it's nice to know that all of your friends are also in the same boat. That's been really reassuring for me. Um, yeah, and I'm also just really enjoying like the stories that I've been able to get into stories from genres that I might not necessarily think that I would be interested in and then starting to read them and being like, oh, I'm not necessarily a sci-fi person, but this is very intriguing and I'm curious to see where this is going to go and maybe I should be saving this to my reading list or library to be picking up when all this Wadi's reading is done. That's always been a fun thing for me. So mutual suffering and finding new stories. <laughs> oh, that's that's fantastic. So when what what makes you really fall in love with a story like we've kind of talked about what piques your interest but like what what wins your heart it's hmm. a good question I don't know if they're vastly different things I think what piques my interest is usually what ends up securing my love of a story so as I was saying before like the interest peaking is just kind of like that question of ooh, where's the story gonna go or what's gonna happen to these characters And I think what really secures the love for me of that story is, okay, as the chapters progress, are we getting more layers and more insights to the characters, to their motivations, to what drives them, to like rationale for why, let's say it's a romance, for example, why these two people care about each other or why we should care about their relationship and the progression of that relationship. Because, I mean, there have definitely been stories, whether it's on Wattpad or outside of Wattpad, where, you know, you read it and there's this relationship that you're supposed to be rooting for. But when you really think about it, you're like, why don't I feel engaged with this story? And whenever I ask myself that, it's always kind of this sense of, okay, but how do these people decide that they liked each other anyways? It always seems very jarring where it's like, one minute they met and then all of a sudden they're declaring their undying love. And I can't figure out how we got to this point. And I think that's always what takes it away from me, where it feels too much like I'm trying to do a reality check on the story. And I think as soon as I have to start doing that questioning of like, wait, does this really make sense? Or why should I want to keep reading? Or why should I feel connected with that story? That's where I start to get lost and kind of step away from it. But when I'm really getting into it and curious more and more about what the outcome is going to be for the characters or if I'm kind of like rooting for them to either succeed or I don't know fall in love or live happily ever after that's when I know that I'm hooked and I know that that's when I'm like okay I'm curious to see how this goes and there's always that part of me that definitely wants that clean resolution where it feels like all of the plot points that have been introduced are wrapped up by the time we get to the end I don't want to feel like there's a loose tail somewhere of but like, wait, what about that one person that was randomly introduced? Where did they go? What happened to them? So clean resolution and engaging characters are definitely the key for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been enjoying a lot of the judges' answers selfishly and for validation reasons that everyone's been kind of mentioning a lot of the prior stuff that we talked about and <laughs> what works really well. So I, I hope people hear this and they're like, oh, they, you know, they weren't just throwing it out there. It wasn't a suggestion. Like, this is what matters to people. I especially like when it comes from a personal place, because I think a lot of people hearing this can really relate to how you experience stories and say like, yeah, that that's usually when I start to love a story too. I didn't realize like I have to make sure that's crafted into it when I'm writing it. It doesn't always translate to just like write your, your passion that way. Now, all that said, we fairly asked you five questions as we have previously stated, as we told you before the podcast to give you a, a chance 
you now have the opportunity to ask us any personal question you want. So I ask, do you have a question that you want to force us to answer? Okay, okay. Um, I would go with what two things have been keeping you sane during all of this? Two things, sanity. Okay. Uh, for me, one of them, and Keely's might also, Keely may also share this answer. So one of them is uh, my cat. Gotten a lot of good, a lot of good uh, moments with her of her being very dumb uh, that I wouldn't normally see because I'd be at the office. So being here all day, I get a chance to see her being very stupid, and that uh, that always helps me out a lot. Uh, and the other one that's helped me a lot is is cooking. Since I'm at home, I can like set something up to cook all day if I have to. I can uh, as soon as I'm done at five o'clock or whatever, I can just instantly walk out to my kitchen and just start the cooking process and. That's made me happy too. I've experimented with a number of foods I hadn't made before, uh, and, and perfected a bunch of others. So that's been keeping me going so far. What about you, Keely? Um, I'd say the first one. I mean, it's, it's like mushy but true. But like, it's a hundred percent my partner Spencer, <laughs> mostly because like he's just a very calm and reassuring presence, and he got laid off on and off throughout this period so he's been home a lot and it's just like if I'm having a really bad moment I could just go downstairs and be like I need a hug and like I can just like recharge from that and like those little moments have been super helpful whereas like usually I'd just be like alone at home and like going a little bit insane so I'm like really grateful that I have a partner whom I live with who is very very tolerable to live with and doesn't drive me crazy Um, and in fact makes me less crazy uh so that's good and the second thing um uh, i want to say <laughs> my therapist is too obvious just go with cat <laughs> <laughs> um you know what honestly i have like pretty regular skype calls with various friends and even though I'm like a fairly introverted person, it's nice to have like those little moments of like seeing other people being alive. And I think we finally moved to a point that we're not always talking about COVID and everything that's happening and we can actually have conversations. I felt like the first four months of chatting with people was like talking about the same thing over and over and over again, which did not help matters. No, certainly wouldn't. Not Um, at all. Patrice, what's been helping, what's been helping you out? Oh, I think I would definitely say kind of like a mix of what both of you have said, except for the cat. Um, Though I have been creeping a lot of like the Toronto Humane Society on the regular being like, is now the time that I should find a pet for fun hangouts? Apparently it's very hard right now because everyone is thinking the same thing. Yeah. For cats. Apparently it's been very difficult. I think they fully changed like their wait list setup now too because the list has been so long. So I guess imaginary idea of having a pet is definitely fun. Um, Other than that, it has been great to have regular hangouts online with friends. And for me, it's definitely been carryovers of like hangouts or meetings that have already been set up in the before times and now just carrying them over virtually. So for one, it's just great to have some semblance of what day it is because I'm like every Tuesday I have a lunch call with my friends. I know it is Tuesday. Um, and so that's great to have that regular conversation each week. And especially because sometimes, you know, it can be super draining right now, 
emotionally, mentally, we're all really, I think, just tired because this is something new and we're not used to it and it's hard to adjust. So I think having some semblance of regularity in that schedule of contacting that you don't necessarily need to reach out to be like, hey, who wants to talk on Saturday or who wants to do this? It's nice to have something that you know is already planned. So I've really been loving that. Um, What else have I been doing? I had a garden. So I mean, now it's fall. So that's kind of gone to the wayside. But one thing that did keep me sane early on in this is that I had started an outside garden for the first time ever. So that was really fun looking at my tomatoes growing and, you know, peppers and fighting off squirrels who were like eating a large part of my zucchini and seeing that whole up and down of gardening life. So that's kind of where I am now. Transition to making compost. So maybe I'll be a farmer by the time all of this is done. Maybe I'll become an indoor plant mom. Yeah. Yeah, gardening is a pretty powerful thing. Also, fun fact on the human psyche, just experiencing plants or even just looking at them will make you generally happier and less stressed. So it's a healthy thing to do to have plants around. Uh, A a good move. Uh, Let's flip into our questions from the audience. See what we got. We have a, a handful of questions. First one up is for you primarily, Patrice, and just a question for judges in general. Maybe we'll keep asking this one to all the judges who come on. Uh, so when we submit the story for the Wadis, there's an optional space to put what the story means to us personally as authors. I was wondering how big an impact it has on judging if we filled it in or not. Hmm. Okay. Well, especially since when we're starting off at the beginning part of judging, there are a lot of stories that we have to get through. So my process is generally just searching for my name in the list of stories that I'm supposed to read and powering through those and finding the links to them and getting into the reading. So I don't think that I've actually read most of the submissions for what the story means to them. If anything, I can maybe vaguely recall reading one. Um, But as weird as it sounds, it's really just dependent. It's all, yes, it is all a blur, first of all. And it's kind of just like, where does my spreadsheet look when I open it? Is it on that tab or the area where it has the, you know, history or personal feelings for the story? If it's missing, I'm literally just kind of like, okay, how many stories have I read? How many more stories do I have to read? Where am I in this? You know, like existential angst for judging. I think that's kind of where I've landed more so than... What do these things mean to people? So, I mean, I love that if people are interested in providing it, maybe at the end of all of this, I will go back and see what stories meant to people. But overall, it has not impacted my judging. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, when I was looking through some of them, I tried very explicitly not to read them until afterwards oh. uh, because I didn't because I, I like I'm, I'm a as a writer, I'll be a sucker. And so I was like, I don't want to bias myself by reading that, like, the story really, really mattered to them if I have to reject it. Like, I don't want to have that in my head when I go to reject it. So I will read it afterwards after I already made my decision, which was kind of hard sometimes to be like, oh, that that uh, darn. Like, they did work really hard on it. It's just it's a shame that it like didn't get to go to yeah. the next round. And I mean, I um, guess I just assume that for any writer who is spending a large amount of time putting together a story... I guess I just assume it's going to mean something to you. Otherwise, you would have, like, wandered off by now or you wouldn't have followed through on writing it. So I guess I just look at it where there's already some sort of inherent meaning in whatever motivated you to see this story through. 
So I don't know if there's an additional level of meaning that would alter my judging one way or the other or make me feel more strongly about one story versus another story. Right. It, it is very powerful, though. Um, I built a dashboard on our side so that we could see, like, all the entries come in and where they were coming from. And uh, it's so that Keely and I afterwards can build out, especially Keely on this one. I don't want to take too much credit because uh, I know you're going to do the work on this, Keely, is to build out, like, stats and fun facts and infographics afterwards. And it was also how we monitored if there was, like, an, a bug, if no entries were coming in. Uh, but one thing I did right at the start was I put in a auto generator that will just randomly at the top post one of those messages from the users. It doesn't say like who it's from or what story it's attached to. All you get is just that message. And it's been really nice. I go in there sometimes and, and just run it just to see the messages because uh, they're just very powerful. And uh, I just enjoy looking at them, you know, because I'm not really a, a judge. So they even have value outside of judging. Uh, and I know, Keely, they have a lot of value on your side, too. Yeah, they have a ton of value. So for for my purposes, so I'm kind of like the person behind the scene facilitating these stories and getting them to the, the peoples whose hands they need to be in, be it judges or our studios team or our Wattpad Books team um, and like both other judges as well as like as far as like in terms of not just assessing a winner these quotes are very helpful and kind of better understanding you as a, a writer that maybe even though you don't win a wadis we want to invest in you um and those those like comments kind of help us win our hearts and be like oh you know what this person seems like they'd be really interesting or their story seems really interesting um and like we we want to keep our eye on them um and it kind of helps just like put you on our radar a little bit more does that make sense yeah. um but i've like seen um some people on our team get really excited over some of those comments because it does just provide a really interesting context sometimes to the story and why it was written and you know if it's like say about like this is like a completely random example that i'm coming off the top of the head to be very clear but say like it's a story about some doctor in a hospital and it turns out the writer themselves is a doctor in a hospital and they're writing like from true experiences like that's really interesting to me and it it lends a new aspect to the story that i didn't have before um and i think that'll be most more useful rather than just like picking the winners per se but just like knowing that about you and knowing that information about you in the future for when we're trying to find opportunities for writers yeah it has a lot of value um but especially to answer this person in terms of impact whether or not you filled it in there's not a penalty for not filling it in you just wouldn't necessarily get that additional benefit uh that you could get from having it filled in as i move to the next question here uh and this is i think more like a you and me keely as I understand it, the copy that the judges read is the finished book on the day of submission, not the version on Wattpad. Do you ever check a book you judged on Wattpad to see if it has been changed in any way, asking on behalf of someone who found way too many typos after submitting? So this is this right here is why I say, like, edit before you submit, not, not afterwards. Definitely make sure you feel good about it. Um, that's not necessarily true, though. We don't have, like, a copy that exists separate from Wattpad. We don't make copies of the stories or like download them or something like that. But when you submit the story is when the judging starts. So someone would have gone and, and looked at that story not long after you submitted it. And so at that point they may have caught, you know, maybe all these typos or you had done something else in it or it wasn't the level that you wanted it to be. And at that point they would have disqualified it 
or said like, no, this doesn't pass, and it wouldn't move on to the next stage for us to even go back and look at it. So it's not necessarily a case of us um, seeing a story nowadays and saying like, oh, it's too bad this one's full of errors. I wonder if the Wattpad version looks different. Uh, we'll be looking at the Wattpad version, but the judging would have already happened for the most part in the past. It happens when you submit. So if you submitted and then you changed it a couple months later, it's already been judged by that point for the most part. And if it made it all the way through, I guess we would see the updated version. Yeah, that's that's um, like that, and that's where it can become an issue. And again, why we encourage you to not edit it after, because like, so what will happen is exactly what Nick said. Well, we have read the first version in like the first round, but say you've made it to our internal shortlist and we're not reading the story in a full and you've gone and done a full edit sometimes what happens is the story gets like marked to ongoing or like maybe your story isn't completed anymore and stuff like that happens a lot that disqualifies you yep um at that stage so we we made it very clear as much as we could i've like posted replies to comments everywhere but like the moment you change and edit your story it's going to affect your thing. So if you made a bunch of little changes and your story's complete still, you're fine. But like if your story is currently marked as ongoing, it will mean you're disqualified. Yeah, so you can DQ that way. Um, it can also create some very weird uh, discrepancies that we might be able to tell because the judge has notes of, of prior judgings in different rounds. And if they see something that's like really, really weird, they may look into it a little bit and, and talk to that judge about what happened. And they may say like, oh, it looks like they've changed it a whole bunch. And we'll see how that affects things. It may affect it negatively to think like that's kind of against the spirit of the competition to go in and change your whole story after submitting it. So um, just as a general rule and as a thing that we've said throughout this, like submit your story. When you hit that submit button, you're done. So make sure that you feel comfortable with submitting. It's why we very much encouraged not submitting on the day the Wadi's open and instead submitting closer to the close so that you could have more time to uh, kind of think about what you wanted to do and make sure that it's uh, exactly the state that you wanted it to be. I will say one last comment. I'm not like an overbearing overlord. So for example, we made it to the shortlist for English and there were like five people that stories had suddenly been switched to ongoing. I literally just reached out to them and be like, hey, we're judging your story. Noticed it was ongoing. Want to make that complete? And they were like, oh, don't know how that happened. And they switched it back to complete. And like, I was very nice about it. I did not DQ them. I gave them an <laughs> opportunity to make it complete. So it was very rare that that happened. And those yes. that it happened to, I told. So. <laughs> right. So Keely doesn't want to be known as a villain. And I'm okay with being a villain. So that's fine. I Keely wants by. to be the fairy godmother of the Wadis. Yeah. Being like, I... I love you all equally, all of my children. That's probably a fairly accurate description of who Keely is <laughs> in terms of her relationship with the Wadis. Uh, okay. Fairy godmother of the Wadis, can you help the community in understanding if we will ever do other languages for the Wadis? It's not not going to happen. So basically how we make a lot of these assessments in terms of what languages to do is based on population on Wattpad. So say if you are from Russia, the reason we don't have Russia currently is because we do not have a lot of Russian writers writing in the Russian language. So we, we base it entirely off of how many stories and authors do we even have viable to submit to these languages. So we do our biggest languages, which are the ones we currently do. There is always the opportunity to include more as other communities grow in the future. Um, and we do assess that every year if we want to add on a language or not. Um, for example, two years ago, we added Dutch. So like it does happen, um, but it's um, a yearly assessment. So it's not impossible, but it's not 
communities don't grow that fast, generally speaking. Uh, so it could happen. Uh, okay, and, and then of course we move to the final question that I always ask and that I will throw to you first, Patrice, which is what have you been reading lately? Oh, okay. So I, at the beginning of all of this, I had these lofty goals where I was going to be reading all the time and I went and bought a whole bunch of books. I have hit a significant reading slump um, where I've not really been reading a lot. Uh, what have I read? So I have been, I have reread both of Madeline Miller's books because they are delightful. And I'm sure Keely can attest to this because we did talk about this before in the before times. Um, and I love her stories. So I have reread both of those. And right now I have started Such a Fun Age by, I believe, Kylie Reed. I have not gotten fully through it yet, but I have started it and it's been good so far. So I would say that my reading strategy these days has been more about buying and supporting a lot of books from local bookstores, not necessarily following through with reading them. So by the time we're out of here, my book pile will be even more ridiculous than it was beforehand, and it will be a valiant effort on my part to try and get through all of this. Wow, I feel that. <laughs> It feels very, very true to me and my situation as well. Uh, Keely, what are you reading? Um, I can also really relate to that. The only books I've mostly been getting to read are book club books. And then I'm rereading old favorites because I need every drop of comfort I can get. Um, so lately, my anxiety and depression are back. Yay! Um, and one of the ways that I've been coping with that is Spencer, who is the delight, has been reading me. To at night at night so we read one chapter a night before I go to bed because I have a lot of difficulty sleeping so we've been reading um, one chapter from this like old favorite book of mine when I was a kid called dealing with dragons and it's about this like young stubborn princess that like decides that she's gonna go and work for a dragon instead of being a princess and it's just this really delightful story that also has like a lot of asexual vibes because it's just like not at all about her finding a prince and her happily ever after but like finding her true independence and the dragon is female as well. And there's just like a lot of great characters in it. And it's it's a real delight. Um, and it sends me off to sleep every night in a nice ignorant bubble of everything else that's happening. Um, and then as far as webtoons, I actually just started reading a new one. It's really interesting. It's called Unholy Blood. And it's kind of a funny story. And it's about this girl that's like basically one of the original vampires but she's really nice, and all the other vampires are, like, evil, gross bloodsuckers, but she's, like, cool, because she's an original. Anyways, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's really well done. I mean, I feel like I relate on so many points to that, Keely, because I think one thing that I've gathered from this time is that going back to old favorites, both with books and with TV shows, has really been a go-to. It's just like, please, a crumb of serotonin, please. Um, so there's something really delightful in finding like familiar shows that I've already watched. You know, I've been going through Bob's Burgers a lot, dabbled in some Parks and Rec, um, and just kind of like rewatching. I might go back into Gilmore Girls at some point too, but there's definitely been a lot of like creeping through my bookshelves to find books that I've really liked before. And those have definitely been a lot easier to like read all the way through than new stories. Yeah, I think it's because you know how they end, so there's no horrible surprises where it suddenly <laughs> becomes bad. It's like you know what to expect, and that knowing what to good. expect is very comforting. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. That's that's fair. Uh, I, I am not reading through old classics. Uh, I'm also, you know, I'm confident that my fiancé doesn't 
ever listen to this. So I'm fine with not calling her out like this and saying that she's uh, helping me get through these times. Uh, it's fine. Otherwise, I, I have been reading uh, a book on game design and game theory, which has been kind of interesting for a project with my brother. And I've otherwise continued to read the manga We Never Learn, which I no longer recommend to you, Keely. I think because, <laughs> oh, no. yeah, it, not because it's like bad. It's just never really panned out into anything interesting. It's just a very, very standard. Um, There's no payoff. Well, yeah, that's also true. It's just a very, very standard, like, shonen sort of harem style. Like, there's three love interests, and it's just the chapters are basically just, like, him bumping into one of those love interests and then having an awkward interaction. That's about it, every chapter. Um, yeah, it's it's a very, like, that's a very normal thing in that genre and, and in those tropes. I just, I don't know. I'm I'm already pretty bored of it, too. So I'm probably going to end up putting it down. I don't understand how it reached like 150 chapters or something. I'm, I keep reading it because I'm like, at some point this has to turn into like more than just random vignettes, but it hasn't. And so my patience has basically run out that's how uh, they with get that story. You. Yeah, that's pretty much it is I'm just like, I'm sitting there feeling like there's got to be a point where this turns into like a more genuine romance than just random funny encounters. Like that's not that interesting, but. I have to remember that the primary audience for Shonen Jump is like 14-year-old boys, so it is what it is. Uh, otherwise, I mean, that wraps up all of our, our, our questions, really covers everything. And so I, I want to say like a big thank you, Patrice, for coming on and answering these questions for everyone and giving a little insight into what it's like to judge the Wadis. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me on the podcast. This is my first podcast appearance ever, so it's pretty exciting. Ah, so you're officially like a first-time caller kind of situation. I really am. I don't know if I'm going to like branch out now, start my own podcast, <laughs> random musings from my house. Um, maybe I'll maybe I'll take Keely's advice. This can be my new bookstagram, but I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, you owe Keely a bookstagram. That's what, we've, <laughs> that's what we've learned is I'm you owe Keely a bookstagram at least. Okay, I'll do my best. I mean, with all this free time, I'll take some breaks from staring into the void to create a bookstagram. Perfect. That sounds Excellent. like a great use of time. That sounds like a great use of everybody's time, really, <laughs> out there in the world listening to this podcast. Um, so, yeah, thank you for coming on board. That'll wrap things up for us this week, and we will do everything uh, in a couple of weeks. Keely, is there anything I'm, I'm missing that's happening between then and now, or we'll just see everyone then? We will see everyone then, but it'll bring us even closer to the final announcement of who the winners are. Oh, my goodness, right. We're going to be only two weeks away at that point. We're exactly, oh We're actually one, exactly month one month as away. Of today. Yeah. Oh my goodness, exciting. One <laughs> month left. Okay, so we will see everyone uh, in in a couple weeks, but really we'll see everyone in a month when it really matters. <laughs> and uh, hopefully everyone's uh, able to get by and not uh, crumble from the anxiety of having to wait for this. <h- <laughs> what a send-off. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye, everyone. We'll see Bye. you in a couple of weeks. Bye.